0: Normal herbalism, it's better to work with an expert herbalist to figure out what your body type needs and what you need in that particular moment. But with adaptogens, you have more leeway. You know, you can take them in the morning, evening, you can take them. So it's harder to go wrong with things like a shisandra or reishi. It's like, it's very hard to mess up versus it's a lot easier to mess up with some of the more non-tonic herbs.
1: Welcome to the HTW Podcast. We're your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Sekoudis founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion
2: dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way.
1: And... We'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, HTW is your navigator on the bumpy highway to wealth. So it's very cold here in New York right now. It's about negative freezing my ass off. Yes, it is, yeah.
2: It's freeze your face, freeze your boogers, everything that is an extremity falls off. Cold.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How cold <laughs> is it? It's so cold. Niagara Falls froze. <laughs> that is true. That is a true factual story, and I know that because I saw it in news, which is always accurate. But no, not on the news. Real. I think it's real. <laughs> Niagara Falls is frozen. It the is world real. is officially coming to an end. So you know what are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm. I'm actually happy
1: to be back in the city because I was upstate this weekend and there was a lot of snow there and there's no snow here. It's very strange how that works. Um, Was there digging of snow? Did you have to like plow yourself out? Yes. It was like, uh, I don't know, it was five inches. I looked about five inches. It was like it required... No, it didn't require a shovel, but it required big boots and a um, a scraper
2: for the windshield. Uh, that scraper just represents everything that I hate about winter. I know. Well, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I just know. embrace it. I know. Or in your case, let's hibernate. Let's hibernate and make some soup and eat some bad pot cookies. because That's what happened to me this weekend. Oh, I thought oh. I was going to die. I really actually thought that I was never coming back from the edge. And I'm not saying it's to be funny. I had a terrifying experience. And <laughs> the long story short is... Just know what you're getting into when you start with like the cookies and the edibles because they take a really long time to kick in. And um, these in particular lasted for like five or six hours uh, over the course of which I actually thought I was having legitimately like a psychotic break. I've never had such dark and scary thoughts in my life. Oh my God,
1: wait, we should add the link to that.
2: Sorry, do you remember that
1: YouTube... Audio call or something? I think it was like on the news for the guy called nine one one when he was tripping. Yes, <laughs> he was like, I think I'm dead. I think I'm dying. I think I'm dead.
2: But, well, do you remember that? Yes, Was that I do. Was he on acid or was he on no? Acid? He was. He had like smoked weed, and I mean, I oh, think he, he just smoked it. Yeah, he was just high. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm all for legalization. I really am, but there is like there's still a <laughs> spectrum of shit out there, and you really have to know what you're getting. And yeah. I mean, I could show you my browser from my phone. It was like, coffee for too high, alcohol for too high, question mark, question mark. Like, And I'm telling you right now, like they recommend you chew on black peppercorns. I did that. They recommend try some CBD. So I have like pure CBD pens and drops and whatever. I tried everything and I was like in the darkest of dark places and it was fucking terrifying. So I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, me too. They were delicious. And like somebody that stayed in our house just like left them there as for us as a favor. It was like a nice thing that she did, but yikes, it was not. Yeah.
1: I think it's just, it's not when you say they were bad, it's not
2: like the weed goes bad. It's just like you ate too, you had too much. Right. And we yeah. had like the minimum, I mean, like I said, I'm experienced in this area. So I didn't like, we had what was recommended. You start with half and you see how you feel. And my God, it was like so way past the point of okay. But right, but if someone's making like homemade pop
1: cookies, it's not really that scientific, which is why I think it's great that this is becoming an area where we're getting really scientific and and, and exact with our doses because you know that type of thing uh, hopefully won't happen again if you I go know. through the proper channels. Oh, oh God. God! But I know I've had one of those too. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, so Lear-
2: <gasps> learning, huh? learning, always learning. We're yeah. <laughs> losing. Always learning, never tripping. Yeah, I was definitely losing. I will say that I was losing <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of winning, um, speaking of good trips, no, we had a uh, we had a nice chat with Tarot. It's a copila. It's, it's a That's my. Finish. I think I just said it right. It's I think cupola. you did too. You tried to say it like
1: 12 times in the interview and it didn't work so well. No, he just looked at me like, (laughs) stupid American.
2: (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he's, he's great though. He is the the founder and the president of Four Sigmatic, which is this um, mushroom coffee or mushroom beverage or just mushroom product at this point, uh, line of, of adaptogenic products that you add to different types of beverages or it's some of them are instant beverages in themselves and they yeah. are... There is like a range. There's a lot to know about mushrooms. Really? It's... Um, well, let's start
1: with mushrooms are their own kingdom. So we have the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, bacteria kingdom, and then the fungi kingdom. And then there are a few others. But a lot of people don't know how gigantic the world of mushrooms is, that it gets its own kingdom. And that's the moment. Tarot
2: is kind of like the king. Yeah,
1: that's the key (laughs) to the kingdom. (laughs) He created this amazing superfood company. And vehicle is the primary kind of vehicle at the moment but it's delicious. It does not taste like dirt and it gets me super... I don't even know how to explain it, but I feel I feel very, depending on the mushroom, clear and energized as opposed to over-caffeinated. Right. Yeah. There's definitely um, this uh, no jitters is, is a big part of what they're offering, which is great. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating and he does a great job of explaining it. He is not a Mycologist, but he he is
2: he is as just about as expert as experts yeah. gets. Uh, quite knowledgeable, quite lovely, quite Finnish. <laughs> he's written a couple books. He's got a book called Healing Mushrooms. He's got another book called Santa's Old Shrooms, which is like a children's story. It's that's a whole other thing. But yeah, he's really he really helped us kind of understand this whole kingdom um, in very simple terms. And uh, it's it's a great it's a great listen. Yeah. And he's a super fun guy. Oh, no.
1: I did it, I did it, I did it. All right, <laughs> drop the mic, just step away. All right, let's listen. I got a visceral massage yesterday, which was um, manipulated, and they're basically just like moving my organs around, put them back into place.
2: Because <laughs> they're all out of whack.
1: Because they're all out of whack post-pregnancy, and it's causing me problems. Anyway, so, uh,
2: what was the visceral massage experience like?
1: Well, it's funny because now, all, like yesterday, at my stomach has been like gurgling. It's almost like she moved my stomach into a different position. And it just keeps, if I breathe weird or if I
2: move differently, it's like... Yeah, well, that's, maybe that's good. She's opening up some channels. Everything's coming back into order. Maybe this is not the segue, but... No, no. it's fine. Um... <laughs> okay, Well, you can get a visceral massage. I prefer to get a regular massage. I get more massages now. There you go. I have a membership to Zeal. So I'm what they call a Zealot. And it's cool because basically once a month, I have somebody come to my house. I have a massage table, courtesy of Zeal. And it's this incredible on-demand massage therapy where they come to your house, they're like available across the country. So they'll even come to Brooklyn, which Mm -hmm. is kind of nice because it didn't used to be the case to get on-demand services in Brooklyn.
1: Yes, I have a lot more massages these days as well because I no longer have time to take an hour or 40 minute train ride to the spa or wherever I'm going and then spend an hour and a half there. And then another hour to get back. I mean, that's like three hours of my day just to relax. But at the end of it, I'm totally stressed out. So Zeal is a genius on-demand service. And they're not creepy. Like the masseuses are... (laughs) <laughs> they're all Legit. normal. They're very well vetted. Most of the time, they are masseuses at these other spas. This is just like their other like side right. muscle.
2: Right. And of. the cool thing too with Zeal is that they actually work with hotels and spas. So oftentimes when you're at a spa and you want to massage at like 10.30 or 11 o'clock in a hotel, PM, they're not going to be able to do that, but... They book through Zeal, and so you're getting the same, like, high quality, high caliber of massage therapists at your hotel, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So. Um, and they're doing it in workplaces now, too. So you can actually use Zeal for on demand corporate wellness, which is nice.
1: Yeah. No pressure, boss. Bro. Yeah. I Get mean, it? like,
2: I think somebody's actually coming right now. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But they're all licensed masseuses, and um, they're amazing. And they even come with their own like meat, like relaxing music and beautiful like lotion. And sometimes they'll even have like a candle. It's really nice. Yeah, it is
2: really nice. We love Zeal and uh, Zeal.com is the place to find them. And they've got an app and everything is booked really easily through the app. And you can make all of your preferences And with a special offer for listeners. You can get $20 off your first Zeal massage. And the code is HTW Zeal, and that's Z-E-E-L. Is that too many E's? Nope. HTW Zeal, 20 bucks off. That's a pretty good deal. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Carol. Yeah. Isa Copala.
0: Thanks for having me I'm on.
2: Still practicing my finish.
0: It's a tough one. It is a tough <laughs>
2: one. Um, founder and CEO of Four Sigmatic and Mushroom Expert. Mushroom, there's like a title for Mushroom Experts. What is it?
0: Uh, mycologist. Mycologist. Researcher of mushrooms. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a mycologist. You wouldn't? No. Can
1: I call you mycologist? Sure. Okay. What do you have to do to become a mycologist?
0: Um, spend all your day studying mushrooms.
1: That and sounds
0: exhausting. I don't. <laughs> I also <laughs> built a business. You did right. build a business. You were yeah. busy. Yeah. You um, built an
1: amazing business. Yes.
0: For Sigmatic.
1: For Sigmatic.
0: Yeah. That. And also not an easy name.
1: No, it's not, not an easy I'm really name.
0: specializing. You're just trying to trip people up for no good reason. I did not
1: do any vocal warm-ups this morning. Okay, so can we just start by defining sigmatic? Yes, I would like to actually know. I think I know what it means. I definitely don't. But it is
0: such a bad name that we don't even use it actively in our marketing. But what it does mean is from a mathematical (laughs) formula that we focus on the 50 most researched foods in the world. See, when you have in any science including natural sciences, when you have a large enough sample size, let's take the IQ of everybody living in New York City. And you, you compare it on, a, on the single variable. In this case, that will be, for example, the IQ. It will form a bell curve or a normal distribution. And from the center point, from the mean of the normal distribution, every standard deviation, here's where the math comes in, oh, is boy. called a sigma. And just... In food, if you take a look at the nutrient density, the amount of macro, micro, and smaller nutrients found in foods, if there's 1.8 million-ish things you can eat, if you go four times from the standard, uh, from the mean four standard deviations, it will form a four sigma, and that would mean that there's about 50 foods. And some of those 50 foods everybody knows, like lemon, cinnamon, black pepper, mm-hmm. coconut, green tea, coffee. Some are stuff that some people know, like ginseng, turmeric, maca, like a little more known, maybe coconut stuff now, coconut oil. And then there's stuff that nobody knows, like astragalus, which is proven to lengthen your telomerase or reishi mushroom, which is by far the most studied mushroom. And um, that's where the name comes from. Now, can wow. I tell you what
1: I thought the name meant? Sure.
0: Creek yeah. <laughs> fraternity or a S, shipping company. S? Yeah, I
1: just thought it was the letter S that you add. To a, like
0: a mushroom. Go for it. I, I'm listening.
1: And then I, that was it. That's my, I, I thought it was literally just, it was like something to do with like tenses and adding an S to the stem word. And then I was like, oh, I think they focus, he focuses on like four or so mushrooms. So it's like the four I thought S's, it referred to four mushrooms And then too. it was like four shrimps or something. I
2: like this. Can you <laughs> go with that I guess
0: definitely it <laughs> was not my goal. Definitely. But I guess in certain ways, it's better to build a brand name that can have many associations versus being very little. Like, totally. I am uh, not going to, I hate throwing someone under the bus, but I just saw an Instagram ad Let's last night uh, as I was coming in for better than coffee bars oh. and never tried the product. Might be a great product, but I find that name. It's a bit
2: uh, limiting. It's
0: a limiting. <laughs> and maybe if they stay in their lane and crush it, I know. It's They're like when, good.
1: when Snapple just painted themselves into a corner and they had to say, you know, the, the best stuff on earth just got better. Right. It's like right. The, This is the best be-
2: stuff on earth until we come out with something
1: else <laughs> like, and then we oh, have to shit. tell
2: you it just We got, can never better. improve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
1: kind of amazing. So but um,
0: that was not the goal. But if you have a little bit of a cryptic name or, you know, uh, or a slogan yeah. that offers a lot of, room for interpretation, maybe that actually works better because yeah. then different consumers can have their different associations of what that means.
2: Listen, we came I up like, with a really <laughs> shitty name for our last page. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Moving right along. We, we can- came up with one of the most forgettable names, even though it was a combination of both of our names. <laughs> and oh God, let's just really, we can't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk, it's going to be its own separate show called Failure. Called how, how did you guys come band?
0: up with this podcast name?
2: Uh, that just sort of, kind of rolled off the tongue. It was actually pretty easy. You're in the Hamptons, easy.
0: listening ACDC, uh, and yeah, rocking out, or like wh-
2: you do. That's how we roll. <laughs> no, it really was like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's a journey. Like you know, your your health journey is always it's always a process along the way, and it's like let's enjoy the ride. I don't know. It Just sort of it was just sort of well, easy. it just seems
1: like everyone is on their own journey right now. Like no one's just well, there are a lot of people who are not so involved, but I think for the most part, we're living in a very stressful world right now when actual healthcare is uh, being threatened. So everyone has kind of taken it upon themselves to find their own path to wellness and they have to do their own thing. So yes, I would say that we're all on our highway, our own highway
2: (laughs) to well. H T W people, that's what it actually stands for. So let's talk about mushrooms. Back to you. there are a lot of questions. Sure. Um, First and foremost, I think my question is mushrooms are getting a lot of hype, a lot of media, a lot of attention. There's a ton of products now that are happening. I think thanks in large part to you and your team and your uh, incredible brand. What is the like why mushrooms, what's the difference between mushrooms and adaptogens? Are they one and the same? Like there's just a lot of confusion and and, and noise. So if you can break it down.
0: Right now mushrooms are very trendy. And sometimes reporters ask me, like, how long do I think this trend will last? And I say that the mushrooms been here 2.4 billion years. And we've been here maybe 100, 200,000 years. So I think probably next year, they'll go out. Of, yeah. They'll just leave. That, that's the about yeah.
1: right. <laughs> it it just about about right. Yeah.
0: They'll just like, we're done. Yeah. We're outie.
1: You know, I don't think a lot of people even realize that the, the kingdoms, that mushrooms are their own kingdom. Right. Yes. It's
2: not a plant. People, that's not common knowledge.
0: Yeah. And I the, don't think. When something is a kingdom, let's say plants or animals or bacteria, it means that there's good and bad stuff. So not all mushrooms are good. I'm also not saying that they're a solution for everything. I'm just purely noting that they're underappreciated for what they've scientifically proven to do and their cultural importance. But um, yeah, so not all mushrooms are good. They're what What's getting a lot of attention is psychedelic mushrooms and then these functional mushrooms. Functional mushrooms are different than your normal culinary mushrooms. And functional mushrooms often grow on trees and then these culinary mushrooms grow on the ground. And not to say that there's anything wrong with culinary mushrooms. They taste great. They happen great. to be delicious. You can use them for fiber. Some of them have maybe vitamin D. There might be some antioxidants in them, B vitamins. But uh, the functional mushrooms are just like that more nutrient dense. So I hate to use this analogy, but iceberg lettuce versus like wild nettle mm-hmm. in nutrient density. Sure, they're dark leafy greens, but quite different nutrient right. density. So the same with functional mushrooms. So. Not all mushrooms are good. And then some of these top mushrooms also adaptogens. So what are adaptogens? Another buzzy word right now Mm -hmm. in health and wellness. There's adaptogens in anything from skincare to beverages to snacks. And uh, it's a very, somewhat of a new name since the 60s for something that has been around for thousands of years. A lot of the adaptogen word and research originates from Russia where the Soviet army was figuring out is like, hey, we give our soldiers like amphetamine and they they perform really well for a day or two, <laughs> and then they're they're oh. done. Uh, so, what could we give to them? If how you go, if amphetamine takes you to plus five, but then it drops you to minus five a couple of days after, what, could we give something to the soldiers to make them plus two or three? But the next day they would be at zero or plus one or something like that. And as part of this research, they came out with the five original adaptogens, and the kind of definition for adaptogen was born. And it comes from just the concept of helping your body to adapt to stressors. So there's three criteria that is needed to be an adaptogen. And most things that are sold today as an adaptogen don't qualify for those three criteria. So those three things are that they need to be non-habit forming. So nothing that would make you addicted, Mm -hmm. nothing that would um, cause or create some sort of a habit within It is a tonic is a more of a herbal way to say it. It's safe, a year-round usage or there's no downsides really. The second thing that they need to do is um, they need to restore balance. So they can be a stimulant and they can be a sedative. So stimulants like coffee or even cacao to some extent would not qualify because they stimulate your body. Garlic stimulates Mm -hmm. your immune system. And then there's certain things that sedate like valeriana, chamomile, Mm-hmm. Those wouldn't qualify. It needs to be something. And this is sometimes hard to quantify in um, especially Western terms. Is like something is a modulator. And some of these mushrooms, for example, are able to modulate your immune system. They don't stimulate or they don't suppress. They do what either one is needed in that particular situation. So they have this intelligence. They adapt.
2: They they adapt. And they and kind then, of know how to do it. Which yes. Is and then the third
0: thing, which is also hard when some people grasp, is that they're specific They don't none of the adaptogens focus just on your brain or just on your blood circulation, but they work your body in a multifaceted way. Often, let's say Ashwakanda works on your HPA axis, your hypothalamus and um, your adrenals, and that impacts so many of your body functions, basically from energy to sleep. So mm-hmm. they have to be safe, they have to be modulating, and they have to be nonspecific.
1: So what are some of the adaptogens right now in the market that are masquerading as? Adaptogens, but they don't
0: qualify. Can you think of any? <laughs> I can. <laughs> uh, I would rather focus on the stuff that are adaptogens. Yeah, let's do that. I think the the <laughs> most studied one is Panax ginseng, mm-hmm. so the Asian ginseng. It's by far the most studied, mostly because of Oriental cultures. It was also one of the original five, and it's something that everybody knows, but very few people take. Mm-hmm my company doesn't sell panache ginseng, but it's, it's a great product.
2: Is it something that you potentially would incorporate or are you strictly yeah, mushrooms? We, or? we've
0: made some limited edition products where it was included. But yeah, it's possible. Just the sourcing of that, just like maybe goji berry is very hard. Because even if you buy organic, it's not always organic. Like we buy a product and then you find out when we always lab test every batch for every ingredient and then it's like, no, it's no bueno. But um, reishi mushroom that I said is the most studied of mushrooms. That's a very popular one. Ashwakandha and Tulsi are the kind of top Rasayanas, that is modulators, kind of adaptogens of Mm -hmm. India. And where I come from, Chaga and Rhodiola are the top. Rhodiola was used by Vikings before going to battle as something to give cognitive function and power. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the more, more studied adaptogens. Shisandra is great for beauty, is probably the number one beauty adaptogen in the world.
2: And are these things that people can actually like can they access these raw ingredients themselves and make products at home for themselves? Yes. Or is it best to kind of let the experts handle it?
0: No, you can do it at home. You can. But just like with anything else, is like, hey, if you've never snowboarded, uh, are you gonna go do a double black diamond immediately? Right. So so for some a lot of people, it might be easier to either do it with someone who already knows how to use them, though because these are safe and non-specific, you can it's harder to mess up than in normal herbalism. It's better to work with an expert herbalist to figure out what your body type needs and what you need in that particular moment. But with adaptogens, you have more leeway. You know, you can take them in the morning, evening, you can take them. So it's harder to go wrong with things like a Shisandra or Rishi. It's mm-hmm. like, it's very hard to mess up versus it's a lot easier to mess up with some of the more non-tonic herbs.
1: So you know, it's, it's strange because as you said, this has been around for a very long time but it's just taken the western side like we're just catching on now. I mean, why has it taken so long? And what do you think all the I mean, is there actual like what is the white paper out there that says this is actually working or is it all just testimonial anecdotal stuff?
0: Okay, so there's three questions there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try I to like tackle to layer. yeah, <laughs> layer them up. First of all, it's been around the whole time, just not in the Anglo-Saxon culture. So, if you go to Slavic countries or you go to Asia, mushrooms have a lot bigger importance. And, same, a lot of these adaptogens are used more widely in even in Europe and non-Anglo-Saxon cultures, you know? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, it's been there. And then, secondly, to your point, why, is, why did the Anglo-Saxon culture lose it for the few generations? Because historically, it was also mushroom-friendly. There's a lot of evidence of showing. And it also grows everywhere in North America, by the way. Mm -hmm. These mushrooms grow in New York City. Like I've gone foraging in Central Park. You can get chaga in upstate New York everywhere. You get lion's mane everywhere. Reishi everywhere. So these are in Hmm. your backyard.
2: I think we have a field trip in order. Yeah. (laughs) I have a place upstate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I bet you that within five minutes of where it is, I'll find something.
1: Well, you come over whenever you want. Okay. I'll set you free in the backyard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me
2: roam. I'll give you Go. a cool basket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whenever you come back, so, to, either we cook
0: it or... But you know. why did the Anglo-Saxon culture lose it? Nobody knows for sure. There's a couple of theories and one of them is related to women. So, and...
1: Always blaming it on the women. No,
0: actually blaming on the I'm men. Kidding. <laughs> uh, so, when men were the hunters, the women were the gatherers, right? So, women would stay close to the wherever you were staying to collect berries, shoots, leaves, and mushrooms. And, and women actually have more of the history of herbalism than men. Mm-hmm. And as part of this tradition, there was many kinds of products used. And when Christianity came, and uh, there was, a, especially in the UK, there was a big movement against witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And all these natural things, herbal things were considered like they were witches. And these women who collected these herbs... Instead of being shamans or healers, they suddenly became witches. And maybe psychedelics were part of that process, maybe not. But at that point, a lot of these mind-expanding substances and mushrooms, as part of that, kind of got banned. So that's one theory: is just men hating on women's skills. And as part of <laughs> witches that,
2: and hoes, man, yeah.
0: <laughs> so as part of that process, mushrooms had a, had a hit as well. That's one theory. The other theory is that maybe there was a bad mushroom. Like I said, not all mushrooms are good. Right. So maybe there was a mold that spread around the UK, which is very moist, wet. So it's easy to believe as well. And, and they started fearing all mushrooms. Got a bad rap. Yeah. That being said, beer, wine, cheese, all require mushrooms. Mushrooms are everywhere. Right now we're breathing air and there's about eight to 10 mushroom spores with every breath you take. So they're it. everywhere. Well, yeah.
2: I feel like you probably have no,
0: some I sort of like mushroom clouds surrounding yeah, no. you. Hey,
1: I have a... <laughs> I've a. I've been drinking some mushroom stuff on my way
2: here. What you drinking? Get some bone broth? Oh. oh. Yes. There you go.
0: Very much kombucha.
2: Go on. <laughs> <laughs> how did you... I mean, we're back. Can I, up uh, one, yeah. The you white paper. You have to answer paper. the third question. The yes. white paper. The white paper That's, question. Let's That's talk about the science.
0: That's how Nordica... Like, never forget a question. <laughs> uh, so, Oof. mushrooms are among the most studied foods in the world. Just to give a couple quick notes before we go into your other question is is about 40% of pharmaceuticals use mushrooms. Out of the currently estimates are that are from the 20 best-selling drugs in the world, 10 utilize mushrooms. Really? So penicillin is the one that most people know, but there's a lot of best-selling immunosuppressants, for example, that are made from mushrooms. The only official cure for MS disease, uh, which was supposed to be an uncurable disease, is by the Swiss, Swiss drug company Novartis and this drug called Gelenia, And it's made out of cordyceps mushroom, which wow. is a common functional mushroom.
2: But so why aren't they talking about it in that way? I mean, it, why is it all so masked because it, in this
0: pharmaceutical window? They, they nobody can own cordyceps ever. Right. You have to isolate a compound out of cordyceps and maybe an isolate of someone else to create intellectual property, something that is protectable, which then is every drug, by the way, not just mushroom drugs, or then you have a brand name.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: you don't talk about the ingredients necessarily right. until they get super popular, like when you're
2: I mean, there's that random Ibuprofen. commercial like with an ingredient found in jellyfish. That's, I know, That's, like, that's yeah. exactly what
0: makes... I just thought of. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that point is, and then they go through clinical trials or whatever process they go through depending on the drug to get approval for certain functional claims with certain parameters. And it's all in that brand. And then if they get a home run, they protect the brand as long as they can because that's where the margins are. That's where the money is made. Right. I guess eight
1: years, right? Wow. Okay. So there's your answer, everyone who. And all Questions. pharmaceuticals
0: are derived from nature, by the way. Like, we don't, right. we they're don't not come of out that of way. thin air, but they're made out of elements.
2: Right. But the point here is companies and people like you are really leading this charge to say, like, let's go back to. The origins of these pharmaceuticals that have just gone out of control and people can't afford them and they're kind of creating this industry of, yeah. of sickness because we're now addicted to them where if we go back to the basic ingredients and start there, there's actually a chance that you won't even need the drugs in the first place. And here's what I love about your brand is that I I I feel like you sit in this
1: really clear spot between the super science So when you're talking about mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms, there's just like it's either so impenetrably scientific mm-hmm. that you have no idea what the hell they're talking about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or it's so insanely vague and light. that it's yeah. just like laughable. And mm-hmm. you're like, "What? what is this woo-woo shit over here? Or you're just like, I have no idea how to digest what you just mm-hmm. said because it's too sciency. And I feel like there's this so new... So maybe that's the bell curve. There's this new area, <laughs> yes, emerging that like is like... You can use that.
2: You're, yeah.
1: You're going gonna to own the language. Yeah. How do you communicate it?
2: Well, so how did you, I mean, how, how did you kind of get your start with learning mushrooms and what was the inspiration behind creating this brand?
0: Through my parents. So I'm a 13th generation farmer uh, out of Finland and a mushroom enthusiast. And my mom took me out foraging as young as I can remember. It's really? one of my first memories. Me and my brother collecting not just mushrooms, but also berries, shoots, leaves. Stuff in the forest, and and then cr- learning from my dad, who was an acronomist, and then from my mom, who taught physiology and anatomy. So learning from the science and human body from my mom, and from nature and farming from my dad. And then my great grandfather started a forging school that me and my brother went to as our an elementary school. A forging school? Mm-hmm. Wow! So then, so Monday to Friday. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's we, shameful uh, what we don't do here. So Monday to Friday, we would study math, languages, all the like the classic <sighs> curriculum. But then we had additional like. Things like during the summer holiday, we had to collect a certain amount of plants, dry them, name their Latin name. So find them in the nature, dry them, figure out what they are, and then just return it. Can so, you please send your children to school in Finland? I was because just gonna we're say just <laughs> fucking it up. Here. Okay,
1: so here's the thing. <laughs> Sorry. There is a really great documentary. And so I I we don't do like godparents because we're not all godly, but we have like my son has like an art father. <laughs> <He has> like <laughs> so You could. Do you want to be his mushroom father? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you could take him foraging, because this is all this kid does right now. Is he goes in the backyard and he gets like flashlight. He just has like his soil samples. He collects all of his rocks and acorns from like the
0: Brooklyn, like from the streets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you can go foraging in Prospect Park, even though I I, technically I think it's not allowed. But really, (laughs) unless you uncover something. Yeah, there's um. I've been yelled a few times in Brooklyn. One time, the funniest was.
1: Is it private property or what?
0: No, it is just like they just don't know, basically. But I was in the East River Park, and where uh, Smorgasburg used to be, Uh and I saw the oh mulberry tree. I love mulberries; one of my favorite berries, (laughs) top three berry for me probably. (laughs) I see a mulberry tree. I climb the tree, and I'm eating. It was peak season. I'm I'm
2: eating. You you climb the tree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I climb the tree, and I'm eating mulberries in the tree. And then this park. Park employee, I don't know what's their role, saying, hey, get out of there. I'm like, why? (laughs) It's like, you're going to die. What? And then I go, why I'm going to die? And it's like, you don't know what that is. And I'm like, actually, I do. And I know know it's Latin name. Do you know what this is? And then he's like, "Uh, uh, just get out of there right now. And they get out of there. They leave. I climb back. And, and you finished eating. your
2: meal.
0: Oh, so good! berries, especially like the red mulberries, they're pretty good.
2: So, okay. did you know when you were in foraging school when you're, gr- I mean, did you know that this is the field that you wanted to go into? No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. I wanted to be a professional soccer player.
2: Oh, like every oh my God. Uh, every so kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, or something like that. And I was, I was always more interested in optimal human performance. And I actually won this innovation award for discovering a mushroom about 13, 14 years ago, but I didn't never pursue it. We, me and my friend who won the award donated the, the business to a university for free because I was just not passionate about the culinary side of things at that point. I was more passionate about like, what are the things you can take for improving uh, cognitive function and physical performance.
1: Interesting. Okay, so, so I
0: only discovered in my kind of um, early to mid-20s really the power of adaptogens. So things like nettle and some of these more classic herbs I grew up with. Uh, one of our neighbors is one of the most famous herbalists in all of the Nordic countries. But some of these more kind of not hardcore, but more advanced herbs that are now available widely, I only had exposure in my 20s.
1: Okay. So you started with performance. You didn't start with, I'm fascinated with mushrooms. How can I apply them?
0: There was two complete different things. Because yeah. my dad's favorite food was mushrooms I loved. Forging for them because dad was my hero, and we would get like porcini's and you know russulas and chanterelles. But it was never for like human performance side of things. It was because just they for made culinary pleasure, culinary right. pleasure. Yes. And while I did that, it was never nearly as exciting for me as hey, what can I eat that will make me smarter? Mm-hmm. Like what can I eat to make me smarter? It was infinitely more interesting, It still is to Visiting. a certain extent now i appreciate again much more of the culinary side of things and i learned so much more from chefs than i often learn from nutritionists yeah but nevertheless like growing up i was way more interested in like supplements or something mm-hmm. like i could do to make me think smarter yeah. versus right. what can i make to make a cool soup
1: so when did you <laughs> when did you um when did you say oh mushrooms will make me Smart, faster, stronger. I, it was
0: uh, with that mushroom that I mentioned Novartis uses for Gelenia, the cordyceps. And I was uh, I ran marathons and ultra runs and I was trying to figure out, like, how do I get an edge? So I was actually in this race and I needed to beat my friend. And I was like, how oh, can I do to get an edge besides because I was already training nine to 12 besides times steroids. a week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if steroids really work. I, I guess for EPO, running, I don't know. I guess EPO, like that's a uh, performance, but it's not really a steroid. Yeah, there's no really. Is there endurance... a
1: mushroom for sportsmanship?
0: <laughs> yes. So, so there's a. So I find this story. I find the story of the Chinese running team in the 1993 Stuttgart World Championships, where these women came from out of the left field, and they ran 10k under 30 minutes, which was this magical limit that men had passed, but women was like, kind of like, I'm now people all, people run all the time, but back then it was like this awesome, incredible feat. And then they tested them for all kinds of um, performance-enhancing drugs. And they all tested clean. And people were like, how did you break that record? And they were like, we took a lot of cordyceps.
2: And it was 93.
0: And then the research started saying, it's like, what happens when you take cordyceps? And the story of cordyceps is over 2,000 years old, where it was said that these Sherpas who climbed the Himalayan mountains with their yawks, which are these big bulls or mules Mm -hmm. that carry stuff, they would get tired and they would get high in the altitude and they were all pooped out after of walking all day with limited oxygen. And then these yaks would start grazing on these cordyceps mushrooms and suddenly it had a burst like, of hell, energy. The and they're like, yeah, we should wow. probably take them as well. And they started consuming them in high altitude. And after this running race, the Western world started researching it in the US and Europe is what are the effects? And they figured out that increases VO2 max, which is your maximum oxygen intake. So by taking this mushroom, there was, there was a chance that your your ability to take oxygen into your lungs would be improved. So I, me as a runner, I'm like, that's huge. Yeah. And that's how I got into the more functional side of mushies. And
1: um, can you <laughs> define cordyceps? And can, then can you use it in a sentence, please?
0: Uh, C-O-R-D-Y-C-E-P-S. And cordyceps, that's a common name. During the time I've studied, it changed its name three times from Cordyceps sinensis. Cordyceps being the variety, sinensis means from China in Latin. Um, then it changed it to Cordyceps sinensis. And now actually they figured out that there's multiple varieties in that family. And we use mostly Cordyceps militaris, mm-hmm. which is uh, a fruiting body versus a mycelium. But now we're getting into the your earlier point about people who go super scientific and then nobody gets it. Right. I mean, but no, basically, sum total is how, how type to use a of it in Cordyceps is great for energy. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding,
2: ding, Perfect. Ding. I right. actually remember it as cordyceps biceps. I think of it like yeah. thinking about making the association. That's my mnemonic my, device. Uh, Whatever in, trick.
0: In yeah. my uh, cookbook, uh, I have also a recipe called Cordyceps on the Beach, which uh-huh. is a healthy cocktail using cordyceps in Excellent. the Sex on the Beach cocktail mm. format. And what,
1: what else? Is which there? page is that
0: on? <laughs> there's a lot. There's mm. okay. mushroom ice cubes, adaptogenic ice cubes. There's um. There's a uh, mushroom bacon, mm. that's pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, mushroom um, ice cream, which sounds not well, exciting, but it is. Bacon.
2: So, how did you arrive at let's mix mushrooms and coffee? Because just to make it clear for listeners, the four sigmatic, the hero product, I guess, right. is this is dehydrated mushrooms mixed mm-hmm. with ground coffee, mm-hmm. and people kind of the main sort of response to it is that you get um, a nice little buzz, but it's not it's not jittery in the way that a pure coffee experience is. And you're getting like the added benefit of just the adaptogenic, the benefit. Um, so how did you kind of decide that that, that was the ultimate combination?
0: It was uh, twofold. One is that Finnish people, I, I grew up in Finland, uh, if that's not clear by now. <laughs> uh, we drink more coffee than anyone else in the world, mm-hmm. about three times more than Americans, which is hard to believe when you walk in the streets of New York. That is <laughs> and during the Second World War, we were attacked both by the Germans and the Russians and ran out of coffee beans. So we started brewing this chaga mushroom. And then after the war, the University of Helsinki was like, hey, people felt good drinking it. What's in it? And started researching all these health benefits. But that was already way before. And I knew of that story through one of my friends for a long time. But we started making mushroom tea and its purest form without any caffeine. I was not a big caffeine consumer myself. So that was how we started. But when I that was six and a half years ago in 2012. And I brought the business to the US in 2015. And as I was bringing it here in 2014, I was giving people samples and I quickly realized that this is not going to probably work in the US. And the reason being is that there really isn't a tea culture, there isn't mm-hmm. a tea ritual. And one of the hardest things to do is to create a ritual in health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And instead of creating a new ritual, it's a lot easier to upgrade a ritual. And Americans didn't really have a tea ritual. Also, nobody really knew the difference between good tea and bad tea. People drink tea on airplane. And they're like, oh, it's tea. It's Lipton. But you can get... And I I would argue that you find any American at any social class, any place, any state, any town, and they have had a bad cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm they know almost, the difference between a bad cup of coffee. And they drink. might not know what's amazing coffee, right. but they definitely have had a bad coffee experience. So when you tell them, is like, hey, would you like to have a better coffee? So according to studies, 126 million Americans would, would don't want to quit coffee, but they would want to reduce or upgrade it. Mm-hmm. So 126 million people are saying, "Is like coffee is important for me. I will keep drinking it. So basically one third of this country but I'm not happy what I'm consuming right now mm-hmm. with amount or quality. So, so when I came here, it was the problem Is like, hey, this tea thing will not go. But also, the mushrooms don't taste great for most Americans because they're very bitter. They don't taste like portobello. They taste more like black tea. Mm-hmm. They're very earthy. And as you guys know, flavor is such a big part of success is like for compliance and the mushrooms are not going to help you if you don't take them. But if the flavor is not good enough, there's no compliance. So I started looking at what are the bitter things that people do enjoy. And there was only really two answers. It's coffee and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And those are the two bitters that people are comfortable with right now. So hiding them in chocolate or hiding them in coffee it was just an easy way. Plus the benefits are there. They're like very synergistic with reducing the jitters and acidity of coffee with those mushrooms. But I mean, the, even more than the effects, because the effects would have been there in any delivery system, was mm-hmm. the fact that it tasted something that people were comfortable. With. It's like, do you want coffee without the jitters and heartburn? Yes. And that's, that was an easier sell than, hey, do you want yeah. mushroom tea? Right. Mushroom tea, mushroom tea, folks. <laughs> right here. $1. fifty a cup. You'd be amazing on QVC, by the way. Yeah, oh, Yeah. They didn't there. want
1: it even when you said it like that? Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm in that camp for sure. I definitely have been like I don't know, I feel like I've taken a lot of pride in my ability to like uh, consume a lot of caffeine and be totally unaffected and then something happened. I don't know if my chemistry changed or what, but I'm just not really it's not treating me how it used to. Yeah. So I have to like definitely chill out a bit. So I've switched to like, you know, things like this thing like matcha and then I'll just have Total breakdown, and I love coffee.
2: Like I love the taste of it, so I have to drink like decaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was. Depressing. I've I've tried. I've obviously tried the product quite a bit, and I was very excited to see that there was a decaf launching because mm-hmm. I had to go off caffeine. Not had to, but it's, it does not serve me well at all. And I actually didn't realize how badly I was responding to it, even just drinking decaf or like half calf mm-hmm. until I went off
0: altogether. I was like, oh, actually, <laughs> I feel even. And better. still today, half of our products don't have any caffeine. Like that's the bread and butter. Is just like. For many people, like I said, from 126 million people still want to drink coffee. Yeah. They're just want to drink less of it or differently yeah. with it.
2: So good. God, it's so good. <laughs> it, is, it is nice. I mean, I love the taste it's of it like too. smell, the yeah, whole mm-hmm. making it.
0: Also, the ritual, like I said, It's yes. like, that's so that's important. A huge part of it.
1: Anyway, good Lord. But this isn't just about that. So you can also consume these mushrooms in different ways. So you have just, a, I mean, you, do you consider yourself a supplement brand at this
0: point? Mm, Not really. No. I guess we're like, hopefully creating something new, which is such what every like musician also says, we're not part of a category. We're doing (laughs) our own thing. (laughs) Um, That's how I feel as well. But that being said, I guess we're a superfood brand or a functional food brand. We do have food products and we have dietary supplements. Most of our products are food, but we do have few dietary supplements. So I guess we do sell supplements as well.
2: But your hero product is the coffee. I mean, it's yeah, it's literally food. the number one selling instant coffee on Amazon. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that is bananas. Year.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. It was it was Congrats. pretty it that's was pretty I'm dope saying.
0: when um I have all these screenshots of when they like passed <laughs> Starbucks via or Nescafe. I mean, or uh, when our God, hot chocolate became outside. the best selling hot chocolate. You sell more than Swiss Miss or. So you the know. hot
2: chocolate is number one as well?
0: Sometimes. Chirardelli. Oh my God, I know. Up, up That hot chirardelli is <laughs> Gotta <laughs> beat those guys. People still love their sugary stuff. They do. Yeah.
2: But so, so what, that's also a good point. Like your, your other ingredients that are mixed in with, the, with like the hot cocoa, for example. Like these are better ingredients all yeah, around. Yeah, they're
0: not cocoa. They're cacao. They're cacao. real cacao. cacao. And instead of sugar, we use like two grams of coconut palm sugar right. instead of 24 grams of processed sugar. And I would actually prefer zero, but like that's just the kind of the lowest amount that people are comfortable with the flavor. Yeah. So...
2: And you have a matcha.
0: I have matcha. We have... um, What do we have? We have a lot of stuff.
2: We've also got like the (laughs) add-ins. We have
0: like the teas. are. We have like caffeine-free chai latte. Mm -hmm. We have caffeine-free golden latte. And these are like vegan paleo lattes that have between zero to like one gram of sugar versus going to Starbucks and getting like 40 grams of sugar. So, and most, by the way, chai products have caffeine as well because they're made into black tea, tea, but we made it into mushrooms. So there's no caffeine in it.
2: Mm -hmm. And it is still, there is still kind of that element of ritual because it's a powdered product, but Mm -hmm. you have to actually like, you're making something for yourself in that moment, which is a nice opportunity to sort of maintain that ritual that you're talking about.
1: And so is this, okay, so we're talking about consuming these, right? Mm -hmm. Drinking them or eating them. It's funny. So, well, first question. Sure. Do, do you have Do you have any plans to go into the skincare, mm-hmm. cosmetics space? Because I know just like... When a lot is of this other coming cat- out? A lot of other categories. <laughs> Early next year. Okay. That's a okay. yes.
0: We'll be in skincare while this comes you will. out. Awesome. Okay.
1: So then my second question is... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't told this anywhere, by the way. You really? haven't? Yeah. Oh my God. all right Spilling the beans Breaking here. news on HTW. Just, just don't post this before no. mid-January.
2: No. We will,
0: we'll, We're in skincare. We people. will edit this part people. out. <laughs> yes.
1: People. That's how we refer to <laughs> it. Hey, people. Humans. That- <laughs> humans well, of their... So this is what happens. And, um, you know, same with juice, right? So you have green juice, you have chlorophyll, and then everyone says, oh, it has all these benefits if I consume it. And then hey, why don't we just like make a face mask out of it and put it on top of it and make it topical. Does it work the same? I mean, it seems like that's happening, obviously, with mushrooms as well. Uh, Does it it provide the same benefits as if you were to consume it?
0: Uh, Many cases, yes. (gasps) So so skin... And there's all these numbers in that, hey, the skin absorbs 30% of whatever you put in it. And that's partially true, partially not true. It depends on which part of the skin Certain parts of your skin are really sensitive. Scalp, like armpits. Skin will not absorb everything, but it will absorb a lot, right? Into your bloodstream. Otherwise, when you go um, you go and bathe in beer, you get dr- drunk in a matter of a minute and you'll be shit-faced. Do you right? really? Yeah. Have 100%. you tried this? No, I was meaning to, but I don't like beer. But um, but I wanted to just for the sake (laughs) of... Or if you do magnesium baths or... There's so many examples of that. But your skin absorbs a certain percent of what you put on it. And the problem is that, hey, people are looking for functional benefits that mushrooms can provide for skin as well. They're used by many skincare brands. I think um, Glossier, Bobby Brown, Origins. There's tons of brands that use, use the people that have mushrooms in their skincare products.
1: Not as uh, their hero ingredient, just in the, in the mix. Yeah, there
0: is. I would say probably tramella and Reishi are the two. Tramella for hydrating purposes. Reishi maybe for like anti-inflammatory stuff. And so those are probably... But then Chaga has the highest amount of... antioxidants, the highest amount of melanin. So, Chaga can also provide, and then shiitake is really good for liver. In, if you ingest stuff, maybe shiitake is the best for um, ingestible beauty, mm-hmm. or maybe tremella. And then, um, then Chaga Rishi. You sound like a mushroom expert to me. Just yeah. 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 <laughs> and the problem is just like a, um, a few years ago, um, I don't use any skincare products. Like, that's not my jam. And um, not
2: even, I, no man beauty for you?
0: Man, I mean, does this face
2: need it? really
0: you know. coconut oil? Huh? Yeah. Um, if I get coconut. sunburned when I run in the mountains or something like that, I just put olive oil, like coconut oil. But I don't use like packaged skincare mm-hmm. products. And then a few years ago, I was asked to talk because all these brands were using mushrooms. And like we were interviewed by like Vogue and Harpers Bazaar. And W is like, hey, what about Mushrooms of Beauty? Kind of what you were asking as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I start to look into these stuff. And I mean, a lot of the even the eco products have like polymers, which are plastics in them. And there's, and I'm as a dude from growing up in a farm in Finland, I didn't know anything about this. I'm like, wow, like, this is not good stuff to put on your skin. But I've never taken the time to look into the label. I'm like, no, this is no bueno. Like, you should not put anything on your skin that you can't eat, really. Mm-hmm. And that's my philosophy. You know, everybody can do their own thing. and And I think... And I think that's something to try mm-hmm. if you're into skincare world. So our products are also edible.
2: So you can like okay, open a packet of resigmatic coffee blend and just make like a cool mask.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> so have so, can.
2: We've so actually, a people do coffee masks. Yeah. This
1: is like what my kids do. They start by eating it and then it just ends up all over their face. <laughs> it's a beauty ritual. It just turns
0: and into a mask. what do we say when we say someone's skin is really good? It's like a skin of a child or a baby.
2: Yeah. They have great skin. I think, I think they a, generally say like a baby's ass. They're just yeah. like... I
1: oh know, they put yogurt. They give themselves like a yogurt facial pretty much every. Morning. Pretty much everybody. yeah. Uh-huh.
2: An avocado facial. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it does. Um, so, I mean, I'm joking <laughs> that you are a mushroom expert even though you claim not to be. But mm-hmm. really, education is obviously a huge part of this brand because there is... I mean, we're trying to break it down in simple terms, but there's a lot to know here. So how are you... How are you kind of... How is Four Sigmatic approaching this goal of really just getting the word out like what is your strategy around education
0: well it starts by being that is that a lot of people who are in our company are passionate about the topic and even if they wouldn't work for us they would talk to their friends and family about it like my mom is a teacher and it's just like something is in our dna is to educate and we're really focused on like content community and commerce and that's how kind of the brand was built from day 1 before we didn't anything. Before we didn't have a product, we had education out for like a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, so that's definitely a big part of that. And then how do we do it? It varies uh, depending on the channel. There's We do go events and we talk to people in person. I made a Mushroom Academy, which is 100% free. You can go online and learn, become a mushroom expert for free um, online through videos and quizzes. And I've written a couple of books and there's so many ways. Obviously, podcast mm-hmm. is now awesome because people can walk or drive a car or whatever and while listening, educating. So I think... But I definitely like prefer the kind of um, peer-to-peer type of education mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. where anybody can for free access information of other experts. There are obviously mainstream media and other things that we... Mm-hmm. Press and whatnot mm-hmm. that can help with it, but I think this long-form content that, for example, podcasts are, or some blogs, or some individuals who do social media that do really well. I think that's the powerful because I think the sh- short snippets is like you should take this right. is it's, like doesn't have the depth yeah. of it to change people's behavior, versus a longer form conversation does. And you have the cafe. Yes. Oh we, yeah, we do you just have a spot. We have a um, shroom, shroom room in Venice Beach, uh-huh. California, where, and we're opening one in Lower East Side in New York.
2: Yay! Woo-hoo!
0: And the kicker is that it's all free, so you can get free drinks.
1: I mean, so you basically just
2: said <laughs> retail has gone to shit. <laughs> Let's <laughs> People... just make everything free and make it a marketing I, opportunity. I don't think and...
0: retail has gone to shit. I think we have great no, no. partners that do really well. I think it's just changed dramatically, and yeah, and I think retail is more an experience or discovery versus once you've found a brand and you've committed, a lot of people end up buying it elsewhere online or somewhere else because of cost reasons or being on subscription or something convenient. But but it's still like retail serves the purpose of discovering new things, trying new things. Yeah. And that's where the power I think is. So I, for example, we sell boxes that have packets and our packet sales just continue to grow in retail. Is like people just buy a packet or two to try out different flavors and mm-hmm. different products, and it's doing incredibly well in the stores that sell our packets individually. And then, you know, and online we don't. So online, right. I buy a full box, and that's a different story.
2: Mm-hmm. So you go to the Shroom Room, and you can get it for free, and maybe get sure. a little get a little little educational little lesson. A lot of
0: education. We we hire like really dope people who know a lot of stuff. So I think I think you can learn a lot, not just on our products, but about health in general. If you talk to our team, they definitely so are very educated. If you go to the Venice one, you'll probably also get like a tarot cart reading for free. And I mean, our <laughs> team is so funny. They'll like sage you up. They're like...
2: I'm down.
0: Sign me
1: up. <laughs> some shrooms and saging. Yeah, Have Some smudging sure. or like smudging.
0: Smudging a... a little bit and then pull out the card of the day and... Yeah, it's a funny experience. I'm all about it. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, I didn't ask them to do that. It's just who they are.
2: (laughs) I like it. Just let it evolve naturally. Yeah, for sure. Um, Can we talk about your new book? Sure. It's called Santa Sold Shrooms.
0: <laughs> yes, you had a story. You were very <laughs> mystical. I got here and it's like, oh, I have a story. I and then you didn't tell me that story.
2: I wasn't going to tell you. I was going to tell you when we actually um, fired up the microphone sure. that uh, you are sitting in the company of a direct descendant of Santa Claus. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> that's
1: me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'd love to hear more. Please tell <laughs>
1: I feel like you're going to poke some holes <laughs> yes. I know you <laughs> from the 30 minutes that I've known you. Sure. I think you're going to have some questions. I, mean, okay. I would just like to know if Zoe's family tree am, is in this book. But I'm not because... prepared to answer. Listen, I'm going to text you my family tree. Okay. It goes all the way back to St. Nick. Listen, th- like this was some shit my mom was telling me. And then she actually pulled from out the I, other side of the family. Yeah, uh, The not, other Santa. Not the Greeks so my so my mom's actually like she's all the issues so my mm-hmm. mom's american but she's from british isles anyway so i am related to santa claus and i was also still <laughs> Angela, no please tell i Angela really want Landry. to hear how
0: you're related to santa claus don't <laughs> skip the topic I just, Listen,
1: it's a long long sure. line i'm gonna have to send you maybe we should post this okay i think we should I'm i mean gonna I'll, get the so saint nicholas is,
0: is from turkey so no, that would mean like you have him. Turkish heritage. Of is course. that is okay. that that's so?
1: I mean, I'm I'm Greek, so but that's the other side
2: of the family. The whole story is falling. Off. Jesus. The wheels oh. are just
0: falling off. Also, uh, Saint Nicholas was not Santa Claus. <laughs> that's Go the on. other part. So Saint Nicholas whole, was about, a bishop. Who's this in, book about? About who, the original about five book. So that, the story of Santa Claus is over five thousand years old. It was yeah. stolen from these indigenous people. The last. Indigenous people in Europe that still practice their um, culture. And uh, they're called the Sami people. And by the way, if you think St. Nicholas is Santa Claus, but there's no reindeers in Turkey, how do you uh, how do you explain that? Extinction. Yeah. <laughs> natural i natural selection. Oh, for sure. That's just the, talking yeah. about
1: extinction this morning at the <laughs> breakfast table. Yeah.
0: Okay. So. Yeah, fair enough. Continue. Uh, Go yeah. on. As North you can Cole, see, we are a and elves hello. elves, hello greek yeah. culture yeah what happened to the elves
1: what happened to the elves is this
0: true that the greek always try to like own everything Claim is there's is, like is, it's from greece yes. or, yeah let me
1: give you the root word of santa claus <laughs> it's greek
0: okay let me <laughs> let me tell you okay yeah what potato you to from write? greece for sure not from peru <laughs> okay. Uh, All
1: right, let's get to this beautiful... Chocolate,
0: chocolate is definitely also Greek. <laughs> we own it. Yeah.
1: Uh, made that too.
2: <laughs> this is a beautifully illustrated book, it I have is. to say. Thank you. What inspired you to write a book about the origins of Santa Claus?
0: It's one of those things that uh, just had to get out. Um, I actually don't recommend anybody to write a book. It's quite the process.
2: And...
1: Um, oh, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We and, did not get this budget. No, we didn't.
0: <laughs> nope. And... Um, this story has been inside of me for years and years. I already planned to write it in 2014, but I felt the people of the humans of America were not ready to hear about the story in 2014. And um, and then last year, the story and the origin story of where Santa Claus comes from, which is a fact, is not, not made up stuff. New York Times made an animation about the true origins of Santa Claus as it relates to this children's book as well that I wrote. And I was like, okay, if New York Times is willing to write about it, finally, it's the right time. But they left out a lot of details. They were like, they made the cliff notes. I mean, this is so the this real. This is
2: really this is the. This is a really story through the bridge.
0: Yeah, through the eyes of a ten-year-old little girl. So this is basically a bedtime bedtime story story about a family, a grandma, and dad, and the daughter, and 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 the daughter learns in this one winter night the history of Santa Claus through. Her dad and grandma.
1: Okay, so at the end of the story, if I read it to my kids, they're not gonna I'm not gonna be like, Santa doesn't really exist. No, the whole point is that Santa he does, does exist. exist. He's a
0: that's, real that's
2: person. The, yeah. That's
0: the whole point. And it's just the soda sen- s- Santa was just not not the full story, you know. I think
2: you need to do an audio book and read this. Yeah. Oh my that god, would that be would be amazing. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: on the first night of Christmas.
2: Yeah. Listen, there's like what, <laughs> ten days left. Yeah, yeah, it might be a you little tight time. schedule, tight production yeah, schedule. Listen, we can hang out here all day. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> um, okay, and then your other book is Healing Mushrooms, and that is a more practical and adult guide to actually understand. Yeah, the,
0: that, that was the reasonable book to re- make. Yes. That makes sense, and the uh, Santa Shrooms oh, the book it, that doesn't make any sense.
2: I think knowing you, learning about you over this last hour, it totally makes sense yeah. that you have both
0: of these. For sure. Books.
2: This yeah. is your two sigmatic. Oh. <laughs> Did I yeah. use it right
0: yet? <laughs> no, not quite, but it's the science. It's, it's the like, left brain again. and the right brain.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um.
1: Are you left or right? Both. Are you ambidextrous for me too? No, you're not. I, sometimes I am.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I'm, you I'm Tridosha. <laughs> really? Really? I am. Yeah, I'm Tridosha.
2: Wow. God, that's so high tech. There's a lot more going on than, okay, there's mean, than we have time to get into. There's a
1: great movie documentary, Michael Moore. Called Where in the World? Did you see this? Yes. And they talk about...
0: I saw it on an airplane. I don't have... I'm really a TV person, but I I did see it on an airplane. And they go to Finland and Mm -hmm. they go to Norway for prisons and then Finland for education. Right. Right.
1: So basically, he's like, I'm going to visit the world and all these different countries and and take from them what they do best. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, which country is doing education best? And they go to Finland. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, Thank you. We educated. didn't need Michael Moore to tell we us needed, uh, yeah. We needed
0: a... Yeah. Michael Moore is the ultimate authority in education. But he does a
1: really great job in bringing down why right. Finland has a wonderful education. Anyway, for those of you who want to know more about <laughs> Finland or
2: Tarot. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, it's... Uh, unfortunately, it's that time. It's that time, uh, that of time of the year. Yes, <laughs> it is that time of the year. But um, we would like to discuss... Besides Santa, who Was is at your fantasy dinner party? And what are you
0: serving them? How many people can I have? As many as, as you many want. As you oh, want. as many. Mm-hmm. I would mean, definitely start with Queen Elizabeth. Okay. I, I, obviously. Obviously. That would be great. I bet she has stories. I, I bet she <laughs> does. Get a little tipsy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> taking those. Taking you know those cordyceps on the beach. <laughs> you <laughs> know she Elizabeth? drinks four cocktails a day, right?
0: right. Easily. Right. Yes. I, I bet that's... Yeah, probably more. <laughs> Jacqueline and usis. You know, just getting like the vibes of the John F. Kennedy. I want all this dirt, like this inside track. I mean, it would be fun if there would be like Nietzsche and Gandhi and then maybe like Confucius and like look at like a philosophy battle with all this practical knowledge of running an empire.
2: Against Queen Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Queen Elizabeth. but Also, like I think Jacqueline has all these stories from both from uh, Greece, right? That's obviously, like, yeah, yes. obviously. And uh, running an empire of, of business-wise, but also the Kennedys and all this stuff that happened. You're
1: basically describing where you wished you'd gone to business school, not your fantasy dinner party. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like... I, do, I don't want to talk in my dinner party. I have... wanna yeah, I want to be quiet. I just want to listen and maybe provoke a little bit. Yeah, just kind of just like stir the pot. Yeah, stir the pot and just throw abstract stuff. That's why it would be fun to have Nietzsche there as well. Rudolf Steiner for sure.
1: Okay.
0: Obviously. Rudolf Steiner. Uh, Viktor Frankl, Man Search for Meaning, The one of the psychotherapists. I would want to see Frankl and like Rudolf Steiner get at it in like Austrian-German.
2: So you want to see like a cage match <laughs> philosophy battle?
0: Yeah. Okay. But I also... I want It's like some... a little
2: UFC. A little... <laughs> for
0: sure. <laughs> but I want people who are a little bit on the same boat. Like you got those Austrians and, and then you got those like sophisticated females and like there's like So they have their battle buddies, you know. So they're not alone,
2: (laughs) right? No, it's important. Somebody like backs them up, and then other people, yeah. Um, And what are you eating? What are you? What are they enjoying?
0: Oh, shrooms for sure, yeah, and for sure psilocybin. I was gonna say I will probably there will be like some psychedelics because who doesn't want to see Queen Elizabeth on 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 some sort of a psychedelic? But it kicks in like an hour in, so they're already like they're in a conversation and they're. So they're like, it's like starts civil and suddenly it starts to get visuals. That's and when then, the magic happens. Yeah, and then kind of,
1: this is exciting. I know. I think yeah. I would like.
0: I, I would you have mushroom bacon there book. as well. Mushroom I, bacon, and yeah, you want to kind of ease them up something light, like a soup or salad, to kind of keep the energy levels up. But then you want to bring in the umami pretty quick. You want to kick know, in so the umami, and then you crush them with really good like cacao stuff, mm. like chocolate. for sure <laughs> them with getting the graphic. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's getting really rough. He's like, and then I smash them with cacao. <laughs> the thing, okay, so, but if you're going to do some psychedelics, then... Oh, have,
0: they wouldn't know that, by the way. It would be sneaked in. You sneak
1: it in. But I don't think you want to feed them too much food if they're going to like start, you know. That's
0: true. Yeah, they're not hungry after that. But in the <laughs> beginning, kind of like... So like... You don't want them to kick too fast, so they have that first, that civil conversation. They kind of warm up, mm-hmm. and then bam, and
1: then,
2: boom, and then hit
0: them with the kickout. <laughs> kick <laughs>
1: you know, the first time I took mushrooms was actually in Central Park.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. And how was that?
1: It was hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> it was like so funny. But now I feel like I could bring it full circle and go foraging there for yeah. just some culinary delights.
0: Yeah, maybe not this time of the year, but it is possible.
1: Have you ever thought about investing in a truffle dog?
0: So the dogs are not as good as the pigs, but obviously the pigs can eat your fingers. You know? And <laughs> so there's there's that every good truffle hunter has lost at least one finger for sure. Is that wow.
2: true? because he's yeah, trying to like, get it before the pig gets it. Yeah, right? the pig
0: loves it. Wow. Well, loves I, mean,
2: it. I thought they started using dogs because the pigs were eating the truffles.
0: Yeah, and the also your finger. And also your finger. Yeah, the the dogs. Also, there's an, I live in Los Angeles right now in, in Venice. So, there's not a lot of truffles there. So, I don't know. It would be cool though. But, yeah, so here's, here's a my truffle <laughs> dog. You have to be so practical about everything. But that, but that being said, now the more that I think about it, that's a great idea. What if I have a truffle dog that's and I just companion. roll around Venice? It's like, yeah. hey, here's my truff- <laughs> there truffle. There might
2: be a truffle. You never know until you have the dog.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much that would cost because I would have to bring them from like France. That might be. Okay. We need to look into this. Christmas maybe, is up. maybe if I ever get wealthy, I'll, one of the first investments will be to buy a truffle dog.
2: Okay. Wow. And you are going to name it Zoe, obviously. It sounds like you are going to be. <laughs> sounds like you are going to be broke for the rest of your life.
0: Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a shitty idea. This isn't
2: going nowhere.
0: Maybe let's just call it Truffle. Okay. Or oh, Kitty Cat.
2: I think you could probably How about, do better.
0: How or, about, wait, I, I love when you, someone names an animal with the name of another animal, another like animal. horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a dog or a turtle. <laughs> no, mean, it's a dog. It's a turtle. <laughs> a turtle. Yeah.
1: Obviously, it would be piggy. It would be piggy. My dog piggy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Obviously. All
1: right. Anyway, <laughs> God, good thing we.
0: Thank you for that idea. We appreciate it.
1: No problem. <laughs> um, let me know how much it costs because <laughs> I think my dog's about to die soon. So. so you gonna get be... a truffle
2: dog? Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Um, and he can help Oscar on his backyard foraging. Taro, it's very nice to meet you. it was Likewise. been a highly
0: entertaining and informative conversation. <laughs> it was different than I thought. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. In a good Words way. Is a, always appreciate <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> like, I don't want to know what you thought.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at htwpodcast.
1: You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.